Colossians 1.16, you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So what are your good works? God wants you to use your life to make a difference in somebody else's life. The last one is multiplication. The kingdom of heaven is about salvation, transformation, and multiplication. Matthew 13, 31, and 32, he tells him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. I picture Jesus holding a little seed between his fingers while he's telling this parable. This is the kingdom of heaven. It looks so small and so insignificant. It's not much to it what you think as you look at it. And then he bends down, he puts it in the ground, and he said, this is how it starts. One day this small, insignificant, insignificant seed will produce something far beyond its original size. Its effect will be exponential. It'll be far greater than the size of the seed. But in order for this to occur, it has to be buried. It has to die. For a time it will be hidden, and it will seem like nothing is happening. But even though you cannot see anything happening, doesn't mean there's nothing happening. Right? One day the first sun of life will break through the soil. There will be a stem, then a leaf, then a plant. Then the plant will grow and grow and grow and grow, right? During COVID, I started an old man hobby. Sitting back in the back. We couldn't go hardly any place in Czech during COVID. We were in the Czech Republic in Prague, and you couldn't do hardly anything. You could go 500 meters from your house by yourself. Uh, you could take your dog for a very short walk. You couldn't hardly leave your city without a little piece of paper saying where you're going. You could go to your building, but you couldn't go anywhere else. You couldn't go. It was really hard in, in Czech. I, in Oklahoma, it's it probably bad, but not near like it was in Czech because you guys could actually go to church and take your mask off because we came to Mustang right when we got back, and nobody's wearing a mask. It's crazy. We had to wear them everywhere. You got in trouble. But we found a new hobby sitting in our backyard, just watching the birds. There's all kinds of birds would come in. And they're just beautiful. There's all kinds of different kinds of birds. You know the funny thing about the trees that the birds were sitting in? None of the trees cared about the color of the birds were sitting in them. None of the trees cared, cared about the size of the birds were sitting in them. The tree just was a tree, and they filled up with the different kinds of birds, and a bird can, can't sit on a seed, but it can sit in a tree, right? The seed has to be buried. It has to die. It has to be hidden for a season until it becomes a plant, becomes a tree after a while, right? The kingdom of heaven is about a seed that becomes a tree, a tree so large that all the birds, all different types of birds can come and perch in its branches. The kingdom of heaven is about multiplication, it's about salvation, transformation, and then us making a difference in somebody else's life. Amen. The great kingdom starts from a single seed. And Jesus was the seed that was buried. He produced millions of seeds by his death and resurrection. He enabled sinners all over the world to come to God in repentance. All over the world. As his kingdom grows and grows and grows, it continues to sweep people into it all through the generations, all down through history, until it swept us into it as well, the kingdom of heaven. We must lose our lives for the sake of Jesus if we're going to find them. We must. There are times you may feel forgotten, you may feel hidden, you may feel overwhelmed, but God still sees you. He still has a purpose for your life. When Jesus said, 
we were t- when, we, when Jesus called us and we said we're too comfortable. Once we got our application back and we were accepted to become missionaries with the symbols of God, we were so excited about getting there. It's been a year, three or four months, raising our budget, trying to get to Prague, Czech Republic. You guys know where Prague is, next to Germany. It's in, in Central Europe. And we were so excited about it. Stepped off the plane on September 13, 2012, for the first time ever in Europe. My wife had never been on a mission trip before. There is a difference between a mission trip and a mission's life. You know that, right? We weren't going for a week. We weren't going. We weren't going to. Do. We stepped off the plane and it felt like vacation. It's so beautiful. The buildings were awesome, like thousand-year-old buildings. It's incredible. The city is beautiful. It's like one of the only cities that had no war damage from World War II. It's an absolute breathtaking city. It's got stuff everywhere. It's just absolutely gorgeous. It's it's romantic if you if you like that kind of thing. It looks like a fairy tale. It does. It's incredible. And it felt like vacation for about a day. Four hours. Four hours, five hours. We're like, what did we do? Didn't speak the language, didn't understand what was going on. People were abrupt and rude. There was no, I bumped somebody on the sidewalk, excuse me. And they're like, nobody said excuse me. Nobody said thank you. Nobody said pardon me. Nobody smiled. Nobody looked at you like, nobody cared you were even alive. Nobody at all. The very first place we sat down to eat at was one of the first places, Cafe Calm. I sat down there and I ordered a grilled cheese sandwich. I didn't know what to get. Three cheese sandwich sounds decent, right? You can't go wrong with that. She brings me out this grilled chicken panini sandwich. And I said, I didn't order that. She said, that's okay. You'll like it. And dropped it and walked away. <laughs> like, okay, this is where we're living in check, right? Jesus, you are my treasure. We sat down again, and we're sitting there trying to eat, and the girl leaves us for a while, and we need some bread and some stuff, and, and she sits she walks over to the corner of the restaurant, and she smokes a cigarette, smokes the entire thing before she ever comes back to wait on us again, and then she comes back begrudgingly, like, here's your bread, and it's just, it was always like that. We sit down another time, and I ordered a large still water for the table. This guy brings out the biggest beer I've ever seen in my life, sits it down between us and our six- and seven-year-old child, seven- and eight-year-old kids, and says, here you go. I'm like, can we at least get four straws? <laughs> I, I said, still water. And he said, oh, I thought you said Stella. I'm like, no, I said still water. I said, they're seven and eight years old. What's wrong with you? I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. We go to the grocery store one day. This is our, this is our life. This is our life. And uh, this, this lady, this grandma, love grandmas. Check grandmas are tough, and they would probably destroy all you guys, just, want, just so you know. My little girl, she's seven, seven years old. This lady bumps her with her grocery cart because she gets in front of her, and she growls at her. Ah, to my daughter, who's seven. Like, she's little. She's tiny. So me being the good Christian that I am, looked at her and went, ah! <laughs> Comes to my kids, man. It's, coming, it's on, right? She's seven. What's wrong with you? It was just always like that. It was always a battle. It was always a battle always a battle. And then the bigger battle started taking place in our lives. My son had a dream that we died one night. And we tried to call the school to tell him, we're going to be late to pick, you, pick him up. Would you please tell our kids we're going to be late? They told my daughter, Karis. They did not tell my son. My son's about eight at the time. So my son is waiting at the gate for us to pick him up. And we don't show up for 30 minutes after school's over. Because we were running late. We got stuck in traffic. We tried to tell him. So what do you think that, happened? What, what do you think that did to my son? My son thought we died. And if you, live in a, if you live in Oklahoma, you have grandmas, aunts, uncles, church people, whatever. Now imagine you're eight years old living in a foreign country, you know nobody. What happens to you if your parents die? 
So my son stands at the gate, and he starts just weeping because he, we, he thinks we're gone. It sets off a chain of events in his life. He has severe panic attacks all the time. He cannot go to school at all without having to call us to make sure we're living a few times a day. We're in the Czech Republic trying to start a church because we thought we we're going to be the Americans. We're going to show up. We're going to start a church in six months. It's going to be awesome because God called us. If you step out in faith, God shows up. It's so easy. It's just like that, right? You step out in faith, God shows up. We stepped out in faith, and my son's having severe panic attacks, and life is not going well for him. For a year and a half, two years, his life was like this, nonstop. At the same time, my daughter quit growing physically. Her thyroid quit functioning altogether. And we noticed this because she was going to school with some Asian girls from Japan, some Japanese girls, and they were like passing her, like just taking and like, why is our daughter the shortest girl at school? Took her to the doctor and we found out she quit growing about the same time we came to Prague. Almost, almost the, the month or so, two years, no growth. In addition to this, we tried to start a church in our house. We had 13, 14 people coming to our house, Czech people, Slovak people, Russian people. And the Czech church we were partnering with said, we don't want you meeting in your house anymore. So the newsletters were not very exciting. Our kids are struggling. We're struggling. We have no church. Nothing's going on. We are terrible missionaries. That's how we felt. It's probably two years we hadn't felt God's presence. And all we could think of, why did we come here? I got chased by a dog at a psychiatric hospital trying to find somebody that came to our church one time. We got pulled over in Germany because we stole gas. Long story. I didn't really steal gas on purpose, but we did steal gas. <laughs> it was a rough day, by the way. And we're sitting there going, God, what are we doing here? Amy goes into our local grocery store. She tries to grab some eggs, and the eggs fall over on their side. And, and you would think that's not, not a big deal, right? Well, it was a big enough deal for the cashier to come out from behind the cash register and start cussing her and screaming at her in English and Czech and everything else, you stupid American, blank, 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 you stupid American, two years into this, or foreigner, whatever she called you. Amy comes home that day, and she says to me, she says, I hate these people. I want to go home. You'd have said the same thing if you're there, I promise. I said, Amy, we have no, we have no, we have no job. We have no stuff. We have nothing to go home to. I think we should at least pray about it. We stood in our kitchen. We prayed. We said, Jesus, we'll keep saying yes, no matter what it costs us. Two times over the next two weeks, we had somebody give us a word, a prophecy. I believe wholeheartedly in prophetic words. It's in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The first one, young Czech girl, about 19 years old, she prayed, she's praying for us, and she looked at us, she said, if you'll come back to Prague, you'll see the greatest harvest. Two weeks later, in a missionary retreat for our area, our, our, our boss or our leader, he said, can I pray for you guys? And he started praying for us. He said, if you'll come back to Prague, you'll see the greatest harvest. Two times in two weeks. So, okay, God, we're coming back. We're, 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 we're going to do this. We'll do it. Whatever it takes, we'll, we'll do it. Over that next year, we came home to raise the money to go back and start the church. We didn't have any money to start a church. We had nothing. Contrary to popular opinion, when missionaries come, they try to raise their monthly support. The, the stuff they do over there, they don't have the money for any of that unless God provides it some way, right? 
We came home for a year to raise the money, and during that year, my daughter grew a foot. During that year, her teeth came in, her hair grew out. During that year, my son began to overcome his fears and his anxieties, his panic attacks. And we knew we were supposed to go back. We got back, and right before we got on the plane to go back, we get a call from the school our kids were going to, and they say, your scholarship is no longer available. So we were paying about $10,000 for both kids to go to school a year. It's a ton of money. But they couldn't go to Czech school because they didn't speak Czech, and they were too old at the time to start Czech school because they would have never caught up. All of a sudden, our, our, our whole cost for school like skyrocketed. It was, it was outrageous. We knew we couldn't go back. The bridge paid a whole year of school for our kids to go back. We knew we couldn't keep doing it. At the time, we're like, okay, here we go again. Get back to Prague. The first week back in our new, uh, new duplex we rented, the basement floods with sewer water, like just brown sewer water on a Saturday morning. I call the landlord, and he says, we'll be there on Monday. I'm like, this is not a Monday problem. <laughs> you saw the stuff floating in our basement. You'd be here today. It's terrible. And our speed of light vehicle that we had was wrecked while we were gone. It was not fixed properly. So when the people dropped it off after they got it fixed, you could hear the metal scraping the ground like they didn't, they didn't fix it. And, they, and our missionary friends drove all the way back from where they got it fixed from. And I was like, did you not hear any of that? <laughs> so give me just a few more minutes. I want to share what God did. So we get back, and we're like, God, you got to do something. But this time we knew that God was in it. We just knew. We knew we were okay with it. It was going to be okay. God said, if you'll start the church, if you'll just decide, if you'll choose to start the church, I'll bring people. So we said, okay, God, we'll do it. So those people that used to come to our Bible study, they found us. And they said, we want to start a church with you. God told us to. Jesus told us to. So with two other Americans and 10 Czechs and Slovaks, we began to make plans to start a church. October 16, 2016, we walked into the only place we looked at to rent because we knew it was where it was supposed to be. We had our first church service. The night before, I got a call from my niece, and she said that Zach has been really hurt in an automobile accident. I don't know how, he's, how well he's doing. He broke, he broke his femur and this and that. And he said, and Dennis is gone. My brother-in-law was killed on a head-on collision the night before we started the church in Prague. And so I had to walk in there after all this hurt and all this pain to get to where we were. I didn't even know, I couldn't even hardly celebrate what God was doing. But that first Sunday, 20 people showed up. During that first service, in the first few services, people started coming in for breakfast at the hotel to hear the music. The Muslim man that worked at Hotel International came and stood in the back and listened to the worship every week. Then one week, we had our first Czech family show up. And she is weeping. She says, do you realize what this hotel is that you rented? And I said, yeah. I said, we, we loved it. It's like the, one of the biggest ones in the city. We want everybody to know where it was. And, and she said, this is the place where the communists used to meet and would determine what would happen to people like you and I. They would determine whether you were going to jail or you are going to die or you're going to be, you wouldn't get education or you would, whatever they were going to do. This, this happened here. In fact, this place was supposed to be dedicated to Joseph Stalin. There's only two hotels like it in the world. One's in Moscow and one's in Prague. And she said, God is redeeming this space. 
So every single week, people started coming, and it just started growing like crazy. And over and like people from all over the world started coming. And then we became the Women's Life Project. We started the church with $14,000. That's all we had to start the church. Women's Project came in. They started raising money for us. And we started a cafe, nonprofit cafe, a community center in the center of Prague. And Mustang sent a men's team of 20 contractors. And it took three months for the Czech people to build. It took the men from Mustang, Oklahoma, Oklahoma guys. It took them four days to finish out the whole cafe. The Czech people were like, what just happened? I said, Oklahoma showed up. The very first service we had, the entire place was full, wall-to-wall people. Like, I mean, not anywhere to sit. Like, it was, I'm talking the whole room full. Supposed to hold 80 people, had like 120, 30 people in it. It was amazing. We came back after lunch, and I just want to share a couple more stories. I'm going to wrap this up. Came back after lunch, and Amy and I were so excited about it. Came a long ways to get to that point. This is what yes does. This is what yes does. This is what your yes does. Just because something's hard does not mean it's not Jesus. The Bible talks a lot about suffering. Rejoice in your sufferings because your brothers and sisters throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Jesus is not just worth coming to church on Sunday mornings. He's worth your life. We walked in and we looked outside this old man about 75 years old looking through the window. He looks like Albert Einstein. He's, he's, like, he's, he's, he's crazy hair and everything. And Amy's like, hey, come on in. He's like, what is this? And she said, it's a church. And he's like, he's like really? And he said, my name's John. I said, I'm Chris. This is Amy. And he starts telling us he's a, he's a physics professor at Charles University, one of the oldest universities in Europe. And he's come here and he's like, he's probably 75 years old. I mean, he's an older guy. And he's like, you can tell I'm like crazy hair. And he's like, memorable. And uh, we love John. But John said, I'm an atheist. And I said, so we don't care what you are. You're welcome here. John starts coming to church. Like every single week he comes to church. And he brings people from all over the world. Haiti, Nepal, Russia, China. A young man named Dong Pan comes to church. And Dong Pan is just, he's coming every week. And he's a, a young man from China. And he's like, your talks are so good. They're so much better than my physics professor. I'm like, sorry, John. It was John. <laughs> I've never seen or felt anything like this before. And he says, I want to learn everything about Jesus in the Bible. I'm like, okay, we'll talk about the. He said, no, I want to know all of it, the history, the, why the Crusades. I'm like, oh, man, okay, we'll talk about all of it. I guess we're going to start meeting a lot, right? So he starts coming, we start talking. He says, he says I, want to, I want to read the Bible. And, and Amy goes and gives him a fire Bible. We get we begin it from a church in Oklahoma as well. And he says, I'll, I'll read it and I'll give it back to you in a month. How many of you guys know it takes a little longer than a month to read a Bible? I'm like at least six weeks, right? And, I, and he said, no, it's yours. You keep it forever. And he's, he's like, I oh, will cherish it. I'll, I'll keep it. I'll read it. I'll keep it. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. And he comes back the next week, and he says, I've been to the art museum. And he says, I'm looking up, and there's this, this painting of Jesus on the cross. And he says, I don't know what happened. He said, but there's something. Like, it wasn't like there's like this thing. I felt this thing, and I was sitting there looking at this picture, and I don't know what happened. What is happening to me? And I'm like, you felt God. You felt the Holy Spirit. You felt the presence of God. I don't know what happened to Dong Pan because that's the last time we saw him, probably. Went back to China. Most people in China that came to our church, we didn't see them after a while. We don't know what ha- where they went or what happened to him. John comes up to us and he says, he says, I don't know it's, if it's too late for an old man like me to change. He said, but you sure have that love thing down. I never felt more loved in my entire life. 
church, can we not try to do better about getting that love thing down? My daughter's been trying to find a church in, in Mustang. You know, I love my church, the bridge I grew up in. But she has never felt welcome in any of them. What is wrong with us? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the church. We have a man that came to a church we're working at, and he came and he left, and he hasn't really been back. He came back a little bit to talk, and he left again. And I didn't see anybody talk to him. You realize when you got saved, you're saved for a reason. It's not just so you can go to heaven. It's so that you can take a whole bunch of people with you. I want to show you what happened in Prague. Here's a video I want to show you with Rick if you show this, and I'm going to close this up. We are ordinary, average people that said yes to Jesus. If you will say yes to Jesus, God can do great things in your life. The first time we stepped off the plane into Europe was the first time we'd been there. I had never, yeah, I'd never been on a missions trip. I know it's crazy. You became a missionary and you'd never been on a missions trip. We moved to a country we'd never been to, to a people we'd never seen. We'd never actually been to Europe. We stepped off the plane that day, really optimistic Americans that thought we were going to be able to plant a church in about five minutes or, you know, at least six months. And um, that didn't really happen. started the church with 12 people in an amazing old communist hotel in Prague. And the first Sunday, there were maybe 25 people there. And so it, in spite of Chris and I, it grew and it grew and it grew. And we saw people from all over the world come to church. You're giving so much here and you live your whole life here and it's comfortable here. And there's so many people that will live their whole life there and never hear about Jesus. He is everything to me. And I want you to know how much he is to me. I am Chris Hales. And I'm Amy Hales. And we plant churches in Europe. Chris and I moved to, with our two small children to Prague in 2012 to plant a church. And we planted Heart Prague. It took us five years to finally plant a church. It was a little more detailed than we thought, a little harder than we thought. And so we just been really excited about what God's done in the church since we since we started the church back in 2016. There's been close to 100 nations come to the church or more. I'd probably more now. Every week, you know, who's here today? Who's going to be here today? Indonesia, you know. Uh, Vietnam, you know, there's so many different every week. People from India and, you know, Pakistan and well, all the people you talk to about their lives too, and you, you think, man, they've they've seen stuff. They've been through things. Like, you just think, how blessed have we been all of our lives to have all that we've had, you know? And then we come here and you see the rest of the world doesn't have as much as we've had, a lot of them. And then you just get to be a part of all these different people. And it's just been incredible. Uh, we've helped the, the Heart Prog Church, Heart Prog Church also plant two more churches and, and kind of parts of other plants as well. And our desire is just to keep planting churches because, you know, I think of the church we get to go to and how many people are blessed by their local church. And so, you know, some places in Europe and some, some cities are no churches or very few churches. And I just think everybody should have the opportunity to have that experience and have that family to be a part of. So that's kind of our desire is to keep planting churches and keep giving people the chance to know Jesus, to come and ask questions and to belong to something. We want to raise a team that wants to plant churches with us in Europe because we're going to plant a church that plants churches. Right. So the, the goal is not to go back and plant one church in some city. It is a plant a church that plants churches. I just want to share with you, share with you this in closing. Um, our church started with a Bible study in our house. And we sat there with these people who didn't speak English as a first language. About two hours, two and a half hours. It was probably the most boring night of my life. It was terrible. It was just, we were ter terrible Bible study, terrible everything. It was just not good. And we, as the people left our house, 
we hugged every one of them that came to our house. And we didn't think much about it, but they told us after the thing was over that that was the best night they ever had. And I just sat there and I thought, man, these were Christian people kind of, like they had some kind of Christian background. Small, 70, 80% of Czech is atheist or agnostic, but these were people had some kind of Christianity, something. And I just thought, were we at the same place? But they told us, it's because you made us feel so loved. People are looking to feel like they're loved. It doesn't take anybody incredible or anybody awesome to reach people. It just takes somebody to love people. And I hope that here in Long Grove, you will love the people of your community. And if God would be willing to send them to your church, I pray that you would embrace them. Because that's, this is the place they need, they need to be here. Would you guys go ahead and stand with me? I just want to say a quick prayer over you and dismiss it back to Pastor. Lord God, I love you and praise you and thank you, God, for this church. And I pray that you just have your way in each of our lives. Please help us to have the courage to say yes to you and follow you with everything we've got. Please draw us closer to you, Lord, I pray. We give you all the glory and all the praise for who you are. Bless this church and pour out your spirit upon these people. We need you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thank you, Chris. Um, Real quick, you may be seated again real quick for a second. Uh, Before we take up a love offering, I wanted you guys to know that we didn't, I didn't know what the song list was and what God laid on my heart. What I shared was almost right in line with what you're talking about with Isaiah. So thanks. Uh, God is good. God knows. And so uh, the thing is, is you've been hearing me over the last few weeks say that we're all called, right? Um, you know, God has a calling and a purpose for all of us. And God wants us to share the gospel. That's the, I don't call it the, just the great commission. I call it the great command. And uh, that's what they're doing. And that's what God calls all of us to do. That's why you hear me always saying you're going into your mission field. Um, and I love having church at Walmart. Hi, Mandy. We had, we had church at Walmart the other day. Uh, had church with Dave at Walmart. So find a Walmart. Find a place. You know, it may be the coffee shop. It may be the sewing place. I don't know what it is. But find a place to share Jesus with others. That, with that said, every head bowed and every eye closed here this morning. I know most of you here this morning, I know that you're saved. I've seen you. But I don't know where you're at in your heart. And so right now, right where you're at, this is an opportunity. You may not have another opportunity. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Are you saved this morning? Have you given your life to Jesus? Maybe it's one of those instances like Chris where there's times in your life where you have to surrender to him again. And it might be that moment. If that's you this morning with nobody looking around, would you just raise your hand? You're here this morning and you'd say, I'm not saved this morning. I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. Everybody's saved. Well, that's good. Are you here this morning and you needed to hear this message this morning to remind you that God wants to use you? And, and God wants to use you right where you're at. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? That should be all of us, really, if you think about it. I want to pray for us, and then I want to pray for the offering, and then we're going to take this offering up. If I could have our ushers real quick, with your head still bowed, and a few of our ushers. Do we have some ushers here this morning? You're welcome to wake your way down as we get ready to pray. Again, if... When you give, please make out the check to the church and we'll get it to Chris and his wife, Amy. Appreciate you, ushers.
Father, we thank you that you're the God that hears our prayer. Lord, I pray for anybody this morning that doesn't know you, or maybe they're not living for you right now, and they need to get right with you and give their life back to you. You would speak to them this week. You'd give them divine appointments wherever they walk. Father, we thank you for this message this morning. It, it's a motivator. It's a reminder to all of us that we serve you, that you're our Lord, our master, and we want to go where you want us to go. We want to do what you want us to do. We want our hearts yielded and, and melted to your will for our life. So, Father, even those ones that raised their hand, but I pray for that all of us this morning, that, God, we will be your hands and feet wherever we go in Ardmore, in, Lo in Lone Grove, in, in, in whether it's down in Dallas, if we're going to Dallas or Oklahoma City, wherever we're going, God, open up doors for us to reach the lost. Lord, bless this offering as we give. Let it be multiplied beyond measure. And God, the money that we give into them affects others in, that, in England. And Lord, bless them as they go to England. Open up doors like they've never had. God, pour out your spirit even greater than what you did in Prague for them to a nation that has turned their back on you, that's, that's turned away from their, their roots. Bless them and bless the money in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So we'll discuss that here in a little bit. So again, you're dismissed. Love you. If you'd like to stay for this meeting, you're welcome to. If you're a member, please stay. Uh, love you. God bless you. And we'll see you guys later this week.